Good morning. We are starting a new series today and um, finishing off 2015 and um, the ups and downs of the previous year and starting a new year with this new series. It's a fresh start. As they say, a new year, new you. The Practical Prayer series is going to run for the duration of Epiphany, Lent, up to Easter Sunday, which is at the end of March. And it's going to be 11 weeks, 11 weeks of teaching on prayer. And here I need to lead with my weakness. And I just sent this out in my Facebook check-in, checking in here at Woven, and I, I just put in together in that post line that I feel like in many ways... As much as I will be teaching this series, I feel like a neophyte. I've prayed for many years, and I'm still learning how to do it. And um, throughout this series, I'll share more about the struggles I've had in my life with prayer. There were times where I could really raise my hand and say, you know, I'm the expert on it. And there are times where I could say, I'm still learning how to do this. And this is one of those times. I really hope that this is not going to be a series where it's like we're talking about prayer and you're kind of being dragged in the toe and like, well, we've got to pray because we're doing this series. I hope that this is something that you already are inquisitive about, learning how to pray, and that this series and me as a talking head will actually just come alongside to help you and that this series will help you in your journey. I want to talk about how this was inspired. It wasn't my idea. This uh, prayer series started with the Connections Ministry, and the Connections Ministry got together under the leadership of Jenny And even Jenny, um, with her mother and her legacy of prayer, and as she's been sharing that legacy of prayer, I think it's been fanning, influencing us. And to that end, it's really got me even examining myself and um, being inspired and challenged. And so I think all of us, myself included, are going to be learning through this series. But there's a lot to talk about. So a lot of it is going to be teaching and therefore, um, let's get, into, get right into it and start the first prayer that we're going to learn. Each week, we're going to learn a new prayer. Yes, we're going to learn prayers. And I encourage you to take copious notes for the series. What's the best place to start? What's the best prayer to start with? If you were in my shoes, what's the first prayer that you would teach? The Lord's Prayer. The prayer of Jesus. His disciples said, his disciples said how do we pray? teach us how to pray, and Jesus says, this is how you'll pray. And that's what we're going to go through today. We're going to learn, not from me, but from Jesus himself, on how to pray and what to pray. Those are the two headings for this morning, the two halves of our talk. How to pray is the first half, and the second heading is what to pray. Practical prayer is the series. We're going to try to keep it really practical. The first heading is how to pray, and we'll begin with Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 8, make our way verse by verse as we hear Jesus' teaching. So imagine the scene where the disciples had been following Jesus. He's talking to them about a new kingdom, a new, a new, this gospel, a new way of life. And they say, okay, we saw the rabbis, we saw the old way, we saw how they prayed. Now you teach us how do we pray in this new school of prayer. And Jesus says, this is how you do it. And he starts up in verse 5 and he says, when you pray... When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. This statement, so that they may be seen by people, exposes 
the deepest hearts, I think, of all of our self-conceit. Who doesn't want to be noticed by men? Not just in prayer, but in anything in life or by women or by people in general. Everybody, to some degree, wants to be noticed, whether it's for that promotion, whether it's to be attractive, whether it's to look a certain way, to project a certain image. We all do things subconsciously to be noticed. Subconsciously to be noticed. And what Jesus does is, right from the get-go, immediately takes self out of the equation and says, you got to be sure that your prayer is not done to prop up your self-image or your image in the eyes of others. I grew up in a context where there, it was very much this environment, well, that person's a prayer warrior, that 86-year-old mother, the grandmother, she's a praying woman. The thing about that is the people who have reputations, who get recognized in the eyes of other people, they get recognized because they're humble. They get recognized because they're not full of self-conceit. <laughs> the funny thing is we want to be recognized, but already that's the wrong starting grounds. And what Jesus does from the get-go is subvert our self-centered impulses. Right away, subverts our self-centered impulses and says, in your praying, don't give in to that temptation. Don't fall into the narcissism. So make sure your prayer is not so much about getting yourself looking more holy in the eyes of people, or even me, God. I think what Pastor Bobby said just before this is very appropriate. We come sinful and imperfect, but the point is that we come before God. We're not impressing Him. We're not impressing anybody else, but we keep showing up. We drag the body. That's where it counts. You see, prayer is not about, and this is one thing I've learned over the years, it's not about unholy getting holy. If we pray because we think I'm unholy and if I do this, it'll get me holy, already we're in this self-centered system where we're trying to be noticed, if not by man, by God. It's not so much about unholy getting unholy. If we think of it that way, we're trying to add more rocks to the pile. We're trying to add more credits to our account. It's more about sick getting better. Now, you're going to say, hang on, I'm not sick. Who says I'm sick? Actually, you are sick. We're all sick. And the sin, uh, the disease of sin, and the infection of, sick, of sin, that is a sickness that we speak of. Prayer, I think, if we take it from more of that perspective of sick getting better, as opposed to unholy getting holy, I think puts us in a better frame of mind. Because every morning, or every night, or, or both, when you get on your knees, or you pray, or however you do that, and we'll teach about some of the postures and all these things. We can do it with the mindset that says, I'm doing this so I can gain, so God, can't you see how faithful I am? Or we can do it with a mindset that says, I need my medicine. If we see it more from the posture, posture that I'm doing this so that God, you see how faithful I am, or you know, to, to somehow gain some more currency or value or increase our self-worth, already prayer becomes a performance. And that's the problem. It's not a performance. But when we see it instead, like, I, why do I, why do, it's that time. I don't want to go pray. I'd rather, you know, watch Netflix and just fall asleep or I'd rather, I don't want to wake up early. But why do we do it? What's the motivation? If we get into the mindset where we say, I need my medicine, actually that helps us. I need my medicine. I need my medicine to start my day off right so I can live my day right. Or I need my medicine at the end of the day so that I can examine. And we'll do a prayer of examine next Sunday. And I'm really excited about this. I've even started this. Where I can look at my own life and what happened? Why did I do that today? 
I need my medicine. So this is a different perspective on prayer. It's not about propping up self. And Jesus continues, no, 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 don't do it to be seen by people. Don't do it to prop up yourself. In verse 6, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. Go into an inner room and pray there in secret. This is interesting. The word inner room, or it's one word, the Greek word for inner room is temeon. There's different views on what that actual inner room is. Some people thought the inner room that Jesus is speaking about here, what inner room? First of all, I'm a little bit struck when I read this. Who had an inner room back then? In first century Palestine, did people even have inner rooms? People didn't have large houses or, or very big places to live like out here in the suburbs of West Houston. What inner room does he speak of? Some people think it's a, a storage closet. Some people think it's a, 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 you know, um, a back bedroom chamber. Some people think it's a place where you stored bath water. The point is this. The point seems to be that the inner room that Jesus is speaking about is any place that you can find and use it as a makeshift prayer closet, a prayer room. It's something that typically is not used for prayer, but you appropriate, you appropriate it for the use of devotion. When I lived on the West Coast, um, I, it, my house had a, underneath a staircase, had one of those um, closets. It was just one of those weird, it's not, I don't even, it doesn't even have a name. It's like an under the staircase closet, if you know what I mean, right? And the carpet continued into there, and there, for some reason, was a light switch on in there. And wh- what do you use that for? Like, you put the vacuum in there or something. And I, I took that, and I, I got this big altar. It's not really an altar, but this big box thing from Goodwill. Put it in there, and I put up these slogans of prayer, and I used that as my personal prayer closet. So the point is, if somebody walked into my house, and, and I was inside there, and I was praying on my knees, and they, and, you know, they, they wanted to put their coat in the closet, and they opened, they saw me, and they're, whoa, whoa, excuse me, I'm sorry. There's this odd sense about it. That's what Jesus is getting at when he talks about an inner room. I don't know about you. For me, I'm, I'm like my dog. Like, it takes me a long time to nest, you know, and I got to get the blanket just right, and then I curl up just perfectly. I need that. Maybe you do too. When it comes to devotion, I need that space. I, I just feel like I can't, it, it's, it's uncomfortable, I need that space. Maybe some of you, you're not as particular as I am. But the point is, this inner room, what Jesus is talking about is find your space, whatever odd space it is, and make it yours. The oddness about it is meant to be conveyed. You're what? Pray in the broom closet? Who does that? Pray in the broom closet? Pray. That's the oddness of it that he's talking about, I think, when he talks about the temeon, the inner room. For some of us, we don't have the luxury of having an extra room, inner room, find that odd space that works for you, that consistent space, and you, I think we need to mentally prepare ourselves to find that space. Maybe it's, maybe it's a quiet office in the morning. If you don't have that space, you get to your office before anybody else does. Maybe it's your car. For a long season when I was commuting to Vancouver for seminary, that was the only space I had, and I would pray in my car for that hour-long period. Maybe that's what it is. But find that odd inner room, whatever it is for you, and make that, makeshift it. Makeshift it for your own purposes. Find the secret place, and that's the application, 
I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Find a secret place. You might even add to that. Find your secret odd place. I think that's one of the first steps when it comes to making a New Year's resolution to pray. I'm going to actually try to pray this year. You know what that involves? That involves preparing a space. It also involves preparing a time. And we'll talk about that next Sunday. But first of all, take the next seven days to think about where. Deliberately, you got to think about where. Jesus continues on and he says, When you find your inner room, close your door and pray in secret to your Father. And your Father who sees what is done in secret, your Father will reward you. What is done in secret, Father will reward you. And I think, what are the benefits of prayer? There are times where you walk away. That was a waste of time. Why did I spend? That doesn't often happen. I think more often we begrudge the actual duty of going, I got to pray, I got to take my medicine, don't want to do this, don't want to wake up the extra, you know. Whatever the case may be, I think we walk away many times, many times feeling enriched. We walk away feeling enriched. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, will reward you. I think there is a reward to prayer. I think there's a very rich reward to a commitment to prayer. And so the principle, the next, the second fill in the blank is secret prayers, secret power. Secret prayers, secret power. A life that involves self-examination, um, it, it gives you power. When I'm not praying, when I'm not praying, and I, I must confess this, this week I was too busy to pray. I'm not proud of that. And therefore, by the end of the week, I was pulling my hair out, screaming at the children, and really acting like a class A jerk to my family. And you can ask them this. And, and I, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not giving myself a guilt trip that I did that. The bigger concern is I have no idea why I was doing that. I have no idea what was going on inside. There's a real sense where I wasn't taking my medicine, but in even a greater sense, I don't know why I was tripping. And the reason I don't know why I was tripping is because there was no cogitation before a divine God. There was no divine cogitation, no prayer. Prayer is not just about gimme, gimme, gimme. Prayer is about what in the world is going on. The prayer of examine is an important place where we consider what is going on in my soul? What am I hungry for? Why am I anxious? What are the deeper things that I'm longing for? What am I missing? And we'll go deep into this next week. Gosh, I'm excited about it. But the thing is, the secret prayers and secret power comes by the awareness that happens in front of God. The secret power is not that, oh, I feel invigorated. That too, yes, I feel strong. I'm going to go run like, you know, like, like the prophets that, that, you know, could challenge any existing, you know, institution, the, the run against the prophets of Baal and do some mighty thing. Actually, I think the secret power just comes from careful self-reflection. Secret prayers and secret power is the second principle. Let's keep moving on in verse 7. When you are praying, don't use meaningless repetition. This is fun. You know, as I studied this, I learned so much. Again, meaningless repetition is one word. And this, this you might understand if I teach a little bit here. Bada logeo is the word there. Logeo, log. Does that sound familiar? Last Sunday, talking through John 1 in the beginning was the... Logos. And I talked about the word and that Greek word logos, the word. 
Logeo is the verb format of that word logos. Logeo is I speak, to speak. So what Jesus is saying is when you pray, don't speak. And he prefixes logeo with bata. Don't speak with this stuttering words. Don't speak stutteringly. Don't speak repetitiously. Some scholars even see bata, so bata logeo, as an onomatopoeia. An onomatopoeia is a word that sounds like it sounds, like if a, a fly buzzes past your ear, that's an onomatopoeia. So what they're saying is, in a sense, it's almost like, don't pray like, that's what, that's, that's what some scholars believe. To batalageo, there's a sense of this repetitious batabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatabatab
I should say meditatively engaged mind through the Psalms. And I would take a Psalm and I would prepare myself as we took off. Um, and to this day, I don't have a fear. The fear of flying is gone. I'm not afraid of flying anymore. And, you know, the turbulence, when I used to hit the turbulence, you know, I'd, I'd just actively think through the Psalm and pray it. And that actually helped a tremendous deal. It helped me to learn to let go. First of all, let the pilot do his job. And then secondly, let God do his job. Or maybe it should be the other way around, you know? But let, they know what they're doing. Let them do their job. Why do I have to be in control? And the Psalms would speak to me about that. And, you know, so it's not just, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know. There's a sense where, and there's a sense where we're, you know, praying and using our mind. Jesus continues. Let me start from the, the beginning cause, so we can kind of hear this, the whole thing. So don't be like the hypocrites who pray on street corners so that they may be seen by men. But when you pray, go into your inner room. Find your place and pray to your Father in secret. And when you pr- when, pray to your Father in secret and He will reward you. Your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles or the pagans do. And then in verse 7, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. I used to think that the more I prayed, the holier I got. And I, I kid you not, for me, it was a contest every day. And I think that's why I got depressed at that time in my life. But for me, I wanted to break past the one hour mark. And so I tried to fill up more time and see if I could be that guy that prayed two hours So really, the girls in church would notice and say, yeah, he's marriable material or something. (laughs) Really, that's what it really comes down to. It's not about that. Don't suppose that you will be heard for your many words. Actually, listen to this. The more words we use, I think there's, if I can use economic terms, word inflation, I think, results in meaning deflation. Word inflation, I think, results in meaning deflation. I find this when I'm lecturing my son. The longer I go, the more I've lost him. Sometimes it's the right word used, the right words used. And let that be your peace. If you're trying to fill up a long, you know, don't try to fill up a long period of time. If you can, do it, good. And our praying mothers and grandmothers, they do that. Just be committed to five minutes at, at first. Five minutes and use, and this is the, I forget, count, for third or fourth application. I think it's the fourth slot. One, two, three, four. The fourth slot to fill is use few words well. Just use a few words well. That's what, when you look on the website, the Practical Prayer website, it says we're drawing from a deeper well with a broader bucket. Just use a few words well. What we're doing is we're learning prayers. And the challenge each, sun, each Sunday is, is going to be to memorize, and I'm, I'm going to make them simple. It's not going to be these really long, difficult prayers. Brief prayers that will give us words on hand. There are times when I'm lying in my bed at night and my thoughts wander. I need a prayer that's, um, and then I'll grasp for a familiar prayer, one that's very brief and that I know. Into your hands, O Lord, I commit my spirit, for you have redeemed me, O Lord, O God of truth. Into your hands, O oh Lord, I commit my spirit, for you have redeemed me. And into you. Right. And, and like, seriously, I, I, I sleep in peace. Use few words well. Find the good words. 
so that at any point in your memory, you can draw it to mind. The quality of the words is important. Jesus continues in verse 8, And so, do not be like them. Don't be like them, the pagans. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He knows what you need. And I think that this final word gets at the heart of the matter. When we come to prayer, we come with many words, with many wants, but we don't know what we need. And the challenge is not just stacking up words after words and confusing ourselves. That's why it really is wise to always pray, Thy will, not mine, be done. Thy will be done. Because when we pray, He knows what we need. He also knows what we don't need. And many times, what we ask for is what we want, not necessarily what we need. Um, I'll share one last story before I move on to the second heading, which should be a little shorter. Um, so 15 years ago, um, my prayer life was very active. It was consistent. It was, I was very faithful and hardworking in my prayers. But all of a sudden, I was hit with depression. And that was the last time I've been majorly depressed, seriously, clinically almost. Um, and I couldn't pray anymore. Overnight, you know, I, I went from this rich prayer life, I don't know if rich is the right word, long prayer life, to kaput, to zero. And the reason is because I would get on my knees at 11 p.m. as I did every night, and I would start talking, and I would start trying to talk about what I wanted and talking through my problem. God, this is how I, f and, and by the end, I, I felt more depressed than ever. And actually, I, I was so caught and constipated in my thinking that as a result, my prayers, instead of communing with God and listening and knowing what I needed, I was coming to Him with these requests and, 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 and fix me. And in the end, it actually was... It, it actually made me more depressed. And so since then, I've actually had to relearn how to pray. Um, so don't pray like them. God knows what you need before you ask Him. I guess all to say, don't bring many words, bring few, but bring more of an openness to just listen, to see what God shows you. And we'll teach more about that. How do you know what God is showing you? We'll teach, we'll talk about those intuitions and those feelings. But how, what to pray, what to pray. And we'll start easy because most of us here have learned the Lord's Prayer. And the challenge today is to memorize the Lord's Prayer. So for this week, if you haven't, you know, see if you can memorize the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> I know you're doing the, um, the Bible reading plan, and, but, you know, if you can... Next Sunday, we'll recite it together. So it's a memory exercise. But really quick, to walk through the Lord's Prayer, pray then in this way. So Jesus lays out almost a formula, which for us has become a prayer itself. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. To hallow God, to honor Him, start with praise, thanksgiving, gratitude. More on this next Sunday. Always start with gratitude and praise. It's a good place to start. How do I pray? How do I pray? Start by gratitude. I'm grateful for this. I praise you for that. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you see right here from the outset, Jesus sets, sets the, um, he, he sets the, you know, this is not about my needs. This is about thy will be done. So prayer in that sense is more about submission. It's more about surrendering to God's agenda as opposed to mine. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will not mine be done, right? Then in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. That, for some reason, is like the line that sticks out to me the most. I pray this prayer a lot, but for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's because my appetites can be very strong. You know, whether it's appetites for food or life or, you know, pleasure or, you know, I can be an excessive person if I cut loose. But that says, give us this day our daily bread. You just have almost this image of this rustic old table. You know, it's like those old prayer paintings and a guy lives in a room with one table and a loaf of bread and, you know, just a little, you know, cup of wine or something and that's his dinner. And it's almost romantic, but there's a sense of enough, contentment, a life that says enough is enough. You don't have to drink your whole bubble tea and then drink your children's bubble tea as well. Or, you know, you know enough is enough. You, you know, maybe one movie a night from Redbox is enough instead of... So enough is enough. The contentment, I think, is behind this sense of... Uh, the contentment is behind this sense of, you know, give us a stay our daily bread. Because it comes from you. Thank you for what you've given to me. Verse 12, important prayer. Forgive us our debts. I think this is the New American Standard Version we're reading. Um, somebody pointed out to me, there's several versions. Debts, trespasses, sins. We're going to memorize the sins version just because it's the most universal. So for us, the sins. But if you go, if you're in a different context, some people will say debts, trespasses. They, they all carry different nuances. Garth Bolander, um, the ECC, our superintendent, he likes trespasses because there's a sense where when we sin, we trespass into territory we should not go into. We cross a certain line. So there's something nice. If you want to memorize a trespass version, that's nice. You can do that. But there's a real sense where we trespass, we've crossed the line. The debtedness, there's a nice sense about that where there's a sense where I owe and amend. Sin, it's sin. You know, we, it's the most common word. Actually, this whole thing about forgiveness and actually forgiving those who sin against us, that's coming too. We've got a prayer for that. There's a prayer by Father William Menninger, and you'll find this online on our Practical Prayer link, and it's called A Prayer for My Enemy. Think about how powerful that is. But you're going to have to wait for that. That's coming further down the line. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, there's a lot of theology that you can get into there, um, and I'm not. Does God lead us into temptation? Does God cause evil? Does God cause to tempt? Does God test? I thought God doesn't test. Talk about that for another time. The main point here is protection. Deliver us from evil. We don't want to go that way. I don't want to do um, or help me to do what I want to do. Protection is the sense behind that. And we're going to talk about that as well. How do we pray prayers? God, protect me, protect my family, protect my loved one, protect my children. 
We'll have some prayers of protection coming up. This is almost in many ways just a prelude, a prelude to weeks to come. And then it finishes off, for thine is the kingdom, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so this is my challenge to you. There's been all those applications. First of all, just think about where. Find a space if you haven't already. Think about where. And then second of all, just do it. Drag the body, take your medicine. Um, what do I even say? If you don't have the words, then just start off with the Lord's Prayer and then extemporize. I'll say one last thing. We have time. One last thing. There are two types of prayers, and this is important for you to learn now for the weeks to come. There's one type of prayer that is, that is called a set prayer. Catholics use these. Set prayers are pre-written prayers that you will recite, um, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's a way to give you richer words. The drawback of that is it can become almost superstitious and become shamanistic, and, or, or not shamanistic, but like um, talisman prayer. So we want to pray with an actively engaged mind. But that's a set prayer. Set prayers are not bad. The other type of prayer is extemporaneous prayer. Ex- to pray extemporaneously, that word simply, me- simply means improvised prayer. That's what most Protestants, if not all, are familiar with. Prayer just as, you know, improvised, spontaneously coming up, conversation between you and God. So there's extemporaneous prayer, there's set prayer, and we're going to talk about both. We're going to talk about both. So if you're learning to pray, but you don't know how to, here's my recommendation. Start with a set prayer, for example, the Lord's Prayer. So you found, I found my, I found my secret place. I'm in the secret room, in my tameon, in my inner room. I don't know what to say. Uh, okay, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then begin to improvise, extempor, extemporize. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, you're, I hallow your name. <laughs> it's a start. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Actually, and just converse with God. I probably ate too much for dinner, so help me to be content today. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I'm having this problem. Could you just help me with it? That's how we do it. That's how we do it. It's very simple. Start with a set prayer, but then extemporize and find your own words. You find your own words, and it's important to learn to find your own words in prayer and not rely on the words of others um, because that's, only, that's the only way you're going to learn to converse with God. Don't have to use King James Version, thou, thy, thee. Just talk to him. He's there. He's a person. And... Um, I really think he's not as offended as we think he is. And I'll end on that note. Let's close. If I can invite the worship team up. Here's how I'd like us to close. If Frank, if you could pull up the Lord's Prayer. This is our unified version on screen. This is the prayer. This is the version that I'd like us to memorize together. And um, we'll recite it again next week. Again, each week we'll have set prayers that we're going to memorize um, I want to call to your attention that there are resources available. If you look on our Practical Prayer website, on our church website and the Practical Prayer page on that link, on that tab up at the top, 
It's going to pull down the list of all of the prayers, and there's more to come that we're going to be covering for this series. And you're also going to find MP3 recordings. And it's not my voice. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. You're going to pull up somebody, somebody's voice, and here's what you get to do. You get to hear their voice repeated over and over again. Um, download it into your music player. It'll help you not only to memorize the prayer, but on your long commute. I find that listening to prayers helps me to just kind of get into that mindset. So sometimes when I'm driving downtown, I'll just play a list of prayers. And you'll hear the voices and you'll hear the prayers and it's calming. You find that you're not uttering something. Somebody else is praying for you in the recording, but in a sense you're praying together with it. Does that make sense or is that just weird? So try it out. Take it or leave it. If it helps, take it. If Leave the rest behind. But... Um, I just want to call your attention to know that those resources are available. So the written forms are online as well as the audio forms. Use it or leave it. Why don't we say this together? Join with me now. This is the version we're going to memorize. We'll say it twice, okay? Ready? Go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And one more time with your eyes closed, <laughs> if it's possible. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. With your eyes continually closed, just take a few moments to reflect Lord, we've learned this new series, uh, Your Lord's Prayer. I pray that you'd help us to find what we need and to recognize what our deepest needs are. So, Lord, take care of us, I pray. Give us everything that we need. Show us the way. And for anyone here who is new to this or even new to the faith, I just want to say a prayer for you as well. You can even repeat after me. Lord, teach me to pray. I want to learn how to pray. Inspire me now and give me the motivation to learn from the school of the knobby knees. Shine your light on the place where I should pray. Help me to drag the body and take my medicine and help me to just do it. I want to know you more. Show yourself to me today. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs>